The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Intentional Living with host Kristen Swarczyk. Our program is all about living the life you have always dreamed possible through focused acts of intention. Now, here is your host, Kristen Swarczyk. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me on my radio show today. Today's topic is really a great topic for those of you out there who are parents. We're going to be talking about how to parent with presence. And I am so excited because I have a great friend of mine as a guest today, and her expertise in this area is top notch and she's going to have so many great tips to share with you about how to use mindfulness and spiritual practices in your parenting. And so I just want to introduce you to my guest, Christine Kysinger, and she holds a PhD um, in communication studies with expertise in the areas of interpersonal and family communication studies. She's also a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a Reiki master, and she's currently completing her studies in clinical aromatherapy and hypnotherapy. She has so many years experience as a scholar and a writer. She's a speaker who's lectured extensively about integrative approaches to personal and relational balance and wellness. And she is just such an expert in the area of wellness. She's helped me so many times with incorporating wellness practices into my own life. And I recently embarked on a journey of of taking yoga classes. And I was so fascinated by the mental shifts that I was getting through yoga. So she really helped me to understand how yoga has um, helped us to become better people mentally. And so a lot of her teachings today about this topic will relate to things she's learned on the mat. So Christine, welcome. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. I'm happy to be here. And this is one of my favorite topics. Um, it's, It's a challenging topic. I don't know that anyone who embarks upon parenting has any clear realization as to what they're getting themselves into. So um, we, we can use all the help we can get. And certainly my experience on the mat uh, has helped me considerably in my own parenting. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. When we, I'll never forget nine years ago bringing my daughter home from the hospital and thinking, oh my goodness, you know, I, there's no guidebook for this. And, and I think over time, you learn, you know, now I have three children, so each time it got a little easier, but, you know, we just expect to be a mom and follow possibly the old role models that we were taught or, you know, 
what I've learned is that over time, you create your own definition of what it means to be a mother. And you pull from your life experiences to create that experience. And I know you've had, you know, we've had talks in the past about how you've applied these mindfulness principles that you've learned over the years as a mom yourself. So I would love if you could share with our listeners today some of those principles that you've picked up over the years and how they've impacted your parenting. Sure. Well, first I want to share that I kind of came into uh, my mothering role in a, in a different sort of way, although mm-hmm. I think that my challenges aren't, aren't very different from the challenges that other mothers and fathers face in parenting. But I actually, um, my husband was widowed and was left with two babies at the time that his wife died. I met them about 18 months to two years later and um, pretty much dove right into parenting. Um, we were married an- about another year after that, and um, I had previous, uh, had not been married, had not had children. Um, I was very, very invested in my career. I was, I was thriving professionally, and I left all of that um, mm-hmm. to come into the mothering of these two, two children, who at the time were two and four years of age. And... Uh, <laughs> Interestingly, wow. I had all of this academic scholarly background in the area of, of family and parenting communication, and I thought, you know, I am just the perfect person to have come into this scenario. And as you said earlier, I, I don't care what you've read, how many classes you've taken, when you're face-to-face with, with these little creatures, um, you're really thrown for a loop on occasion. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I really struggled, and I think that part of the struggle was that there really wasn't any sort of preparation for me. I mean, I had the academic preparation, but I didn't sort of have the nine months of, of you know, carrying a child and, and really thinking it all through. And so um, m- what most people don't know about me and my story is the degree to which I really, really struggled in being a mom. And part of, part of the reason that I like to talk about this topic is I really like to create spaces for, for women and men to have permission to talk about how challenging it is. And one of the strategies that I implemented very early on, um, because I had been practicing yoga for a long time, even prior to coming into this family, was I would take my yoga mat and I would put it in the living room. And whenever I felt like I was reaching a breaking point in terms of something going on with the kids, I would go and stand on my mat. I didn't do yoga on my mat. I didn't sit and meditate on the mat. I would literally go and stand in the middle of my mat. It was kind of like a grown-up timeout. Mm -hmm. It was just the mere act of placing my feet on the mat grounded me in a way that was absolutely necessary for whatever was going on. And I would not leave the mat until I felt like I had sort of regained my, 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 right. my, my stability. And so I started to think about, okay, 
Um, I'm teaching yoga. I, I practice yoga. But guess what? Now it's time to take all of those practices, all of those teachings off the mat because where I need it right now is in my life. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's sort of the story behind how I came into parenting and the challenges of parenting. And again, one of my very, very first strategies was to just roll that mat out and just use it as a place of refuge. I believe every parent needs a place of refuge when things start to get very complicated. So whether it's taking a drive in your car with the music blasting, um, you know, having a, a glass of wine with friends at the end of the day, you know, whatever it is for you, taking a run, whatever it is for you, what is your place mm-hmm. of sanctuary and refuge when you are feeling overwhelmed? But there are a couple of things that let's, you know, very specifically talk about uh, yoga and, say, meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we practice yoga and meditation, we inevitably feel more balanced. We feel more grounded. We really develop the capacity for flexibility and growth and fluidity. And so I guess I would want to start with everything that yoga teaches you about balance. You know, if you've ever taken a yoga class before, you'll know that some of the most challenging yoga poses are poses that are really designed to not only get you to feel the sense of balance, but to actually give you the strength to be balanced. Yes. And so I started to think, okay, how can I be balanced in my parenting? Mm-hmm. And so balance in parenting means avoiding extremes in thinking. You know, like, oh, my God, this is just a terrible situation, you know, completely going off beam, right? And at the same time, another extremity of thinking is just pretending like everything is okay when Mm -hmm. it's not. Yeah. And so can you practice balance in your thinking? Can you practice balance in your worrying? I think that moms in particular worry a great deal about their children and worry about things that haven't even yet happened. Yes. Things that they anticipate. I think dads worry too, but they're just not as vocal about it. Mm-hmm. So can you be can you be balanced in your worry? Can you be balanced in how you control? Um, another point of suffering in parenting is how 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 much we at times want to control outcomes for our kids. Yes. So we want to control their behavior. Um, can you can can you have balance in the degree to which you hover? and protect your child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and finally, what strategies do you, util- you utilize so that your discipline is balanced? So those were the kinds of issues around which I tried to bring lessons about balance into my parenting. I love the that. Grounded, yeah, the groundedness, the groundedness part is Again, if you practice yoga, if you practice meditation, the mere act of sitting and feeling your sit bones against your cushion or against the floor is grounding if you're meditating. Mm -hmm. Yoga grounds. But the question related to parenting is, what is your parenting grounded in? Um, Although there isn't an instruction manual, it is very helpful if your parenting is grounded in something. For me, my parenting is grounded in my connection to the divine. 
Mm-hmm. God is my 911 operator. Yeah. You know, when I'm really in trouble, I'm, I get grounded in prayer. For some people, their spirituality grounds them, their religion grounds them. For some people, a parenting philosophy grounds them. For some people, they create their own sort of set of values and principles that they're always going to return to when parenting goes off the rails. And so another thing that grounds me is being very clear about what my core values are as a person. Mm-hmm. We talk and about asking, that a lot, yeah. Yeah, and asking myself, you know, are these, are these core values present in this decision that I'm making right now and who I am as a mother? Mm-hmm. So um, I have found that Again, the principles of groundedness that you learn in yoga and meditation are highly applicable to parenting because if you don't have an anchor, um, you're all over the place. Um, Flexibility. (laughs) Again, Mm -hmm. practice yoga and meditation enough, and you not only become flexible in your body, but you become flexible in your mind. And as you know, Wake up in the morning and tell yourself, I've got this perfectly planned day, and if you've got kids, God is laughing at you, because your perfectly planned day isn't necessarily going to go that way. Right. And when you live alone, and you're single, and you're working, it's much easier to have planned days, mm-hmm. but it's not when you have kids. And I remember that that was something that really, really shook me to the core. Yeah. Is schedules got disrupted, um, and I had to learn to be flexible. I remember uh, very early on when my son was still in diapers, and again, I was completely new to this. He was, we were out at a, a restaurant at the mall, and I was having lunch with my sister and the kids, and I forgot a diaper. <laughs> and. I walked, I had the diaper bag, but there were no diapers in it. Oh, geez, yeah. And my son, you know, pooped. And I was in the restroom thinking, what, what am I going to do? You know, and here here (laughs) I am, you know, Dr. Kaisinger literally walking around the tables at the Cheesecake Factory asking if anyone had a diaper. Mm, Wow, And But I had to have that kind of flexibility, like that willingness to say to myself, all right, you know, you need a diaper. Yeah. What, what, what can you do to, to secure right. a diaper in this emergency situation? Um, and then the flexibility comes in uh, handy because, as you know, you know, your daughters are, they share the same blood. They're related. They're yes. related to you. They're related to each other, but they're all, they're all different. Yes. So how can you expect to parent them in the same way when they're all different? And to bring out, and, you know, their gifts and not absolutely, to, absolutely. yeah, I mean, that's so important, that balance there of not stifling them and, um, you know, and holding back and allowing them to just experience what they're destined to experience in their life. Yeah, so flex, if, again, not, ha- not being flexible as a parent is going to cause a lot of suffering. Every child mm-hmm. is different. Every, every situation is different. And um, in my own experience, for example, um, my children, 
even though my daughter is 16 now, my son is about to be 14, and they lost their mother when, you know, my son was nine months and Isabel was just a year and a half. Um, Their grieving changes as their life stage changes. Mm -hmm. And so as somebody who is sort of ushering them through the grieving process, even after all these years have passed, I have to be really flexible in that. Yeah, that's a great point. Flexi- yeah, flexible in, in, in gender as it relates to grieving, in life stage development as it relates to grieving. And mm-hmm. so um, the, the lessons of flexibility that our e-learning yoga and meditation have helped me a lot. Um, I mentioned, is, is your practice growth-inducing or mm-hmm. is it robbing you of of your um, of your of your energy? And of all of the challenges I have faced in my life, parenting has been the most difficult for me. Mm-hmm. It forces me to grow up every day. Mm-hmm. Every day I grow up in some in some fashion because as you know, your children can push your buttons in ways that really put you in touch with your own like inner ten year old. Yes, and there's such a mirror to yourself, I feel. I learn about myself every day and how I want to show up in my reaction to different situations. Yeah, and I always, I think that the best relationships bring forth what I call your really dark and shadowy places, Mm -hmm. and they bring them up for review and for healing. And for me, the the kids have done that. But what I have chosen is to view this when my shadowy places come up, when I'm really challenged, when I become very reactive, I choose to see it as an opportunity for growth as opposed to something that's going to drain my spirit. And again, and that alone that right there, I want to highlight mm-hmm. that for our listeners. I mean, just seeing the opportunity there is so true. We've talked in the past episodes about button pushing and how when you shift your mindset and no longer see that as an issue, but rather the opportunity, like you just said, that creates a whole new spectrum of, of choices for you to respond in the moment. So that's a great point. And, um, you know, we're already at our first break. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll continue with that discussion. So be back in a moment, everyone. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America empowerment are you looking for life's answers how about the meaning of true self can you really be a better person overnight well good luck with that now if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead tune in to dr gary bell's absurd psychology 
You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Intentional Living with host Kristen Swarczyk. To reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to kristen.swarczyk at gmail.com. Now, back to Intentional Living. Welcome back, everyone. Today we're sharing some practical tips from our guest, Christine Kysinger with regards to her experience in yoga and wellness as far as parenting with presence. And right before the break, we were talking about the mental shifts that we can choose to engage in our lives to create a whole new way of responding to life situations. And Christine, I know we've talked in the past, but I'd like to have you share some information with our listeners as far as what mental shifts have you had in your life that have helped you to become a better mom? Well, one we just talked about, which was making a decision whenever I can remember um, to remember that my parenting is designed. It's not only to, you know, launch my children, but also it is here to be one of the greatest catalysts for my personal growth. Mm -hmm. And, But along with that, there came some very important what I call reframes or shifts. And the first one, probably if if your listeners could take one thing away with them, it would be this. At some point along the journey, I decided that it was much more powerful and productive and effective for me to think about myself as my children's guide along their journey as opposed to their mother. Mm, Now, many of us are, you know, so incredibly attached to the notion and the word and all that the idea of motherhood connotes. However, for me, it was very detrimental. Um, I was very attached to cultural myths and narratives about motherhood that didn't fit me and that were not really reflected in my experience. And so when I made a shift and made a decision that when I see myself as a guide that is supporting them along their journey, I parent much better and much more effectively. And connected to that is this idea that I have two goals every day as a mom, as a guide, and that is to keep my children safe. Regardless of their age and circumstance, as a guide... I am to keep them safe. And Mm -hmm. number two, it is my job to recognize within them their gifts and to set up situations and environments for them to grow their gifts. That's great. That's really important. Those are my primary goals. My goal is not to make them a little me. My goal is not to have them succeed in an area that I, I wasn't successful in. My goal is to keep them safe to provide for their needs, and to grow their gifts. And shifting into that 
mentality that above all else, we are all here walking our own paths. We need all the help and the support and the assistance we can garner, mm-hmm. and that is best provided by guides. So connected to that, I am a guide versus a mother, is this question and this point. Let's say, Kristen, that you were taking a a journey along a pathway that was pretty treacherous. You knew Mm -hmm. going into it, it was going to be pretty arduous, it was going to be pretty treacherous, but there were going to be these amazing things along the way, in fact, so amazing that you can only see and experience these things if you walk this path, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're up, you're up for it. You've got the courage for it. But you're going to hire a guide to help you so you're not falling off of a ridge mm-hmm. or you're not losing your way, all right? So yep. I see parenting in much the same way. If I were hiring a guide to take me on such a journey, I would want to know the following is my guide rested? Mm-hmm. Is my guide well-fed? Is my guide healed? Is my guide hurting? Is my guide happy? Is my guide knowledgeable? So if I'm the guide in my children's journey along an unknown and uncertain path through their lives, I've got to have myself in order. You see? I just, yes. It's such an important principle for everyone to understand and, you know, to take care of yourself so you can be that best parent for your children. And the way you framed that for us to understand it, it's just, it really helps you to see, you know, the role that you do desire to have for your children and what is needed for that role in order to be the best that you can be. And connected to the, to the gu- to, to being the guide is the recognition too, that your children need a different kind of guide for different parts of the journey. Yes. Um, you probably are, are seeing this already, especially oh, yes. in the, in the lives of your girls. Um, you know, for example, as, as my daughter, she's 16 now, and I find that the majority of my parenting with her is around her navigating both friendships and, you know, romantic little crushes and things that she has on boys that are actually mm-hmm. very important and powerful in her life, and that my guidance in this is setting her up for future relationships, friendships, and intimate relationships that are going to have some depth and quality to them. Mm-hmm. And so what she needs from me now as a guide is very different from what she needed even a year ago. Yeah. Um, you know, my, uh, my sister, I see a shift in her with her daughter. Her daughter is five. And whereas guidance just a year ago was about, you know, taking care of her, her most fundamental daily needs, her guidance now is shifting into sort of the friendships that are occurring on the playground, like the very first friendship, you know? Yes. Yeah, my youngest, I'm going through that as well. I can relate. Yeah, so I think that um, I love the, the from mom to guide reframe and then practicing exceptional forms of self-care um, 
again, thinking about yourself as what, what kind of guy do you want to be and what do you need to do to make sure you're in top form in order to be the person who's walking with them along this path. Yeah, and, you know, for parents, we always have the best intentions. And it's taking that step back and that purposeful pause to just really reflect and gain the clarity that you talk about so that we can rebalance our lives, so that we can start nurturing and loving ourselves, which is so hard as moms to do. To take that, you know, we feel selfish when we're taking the time away from the kids or, you know, taking care of ourselves. But now you can see how very important it is to being in the moment with your children. And it's also important because our children, especially when they're younger, they watch us like hawks. They They watch us so carefully. And so it's if you can inspire, I mean, don't you want to imagine your girls growing up and, and being women who, for whom self-care is a priority? Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's only going to, that's only going to happen if they saw that it was a priority for you. Mm-hmm. And, and so, really a priority. Cause I think, you know, as children, you are focused on yourself. You're not thinking about everybody else as much, you know, generally speaking. But as adults, you know, the real mindfulness about that, really thinking about how it plays out in your life and really getting clarity, which I'm still gaining clarity each year of my life around, you know, and not getting caught up in the fear. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, really detaching from the outcome a little bit and just knowing that we're going to make mistakes, you know, but we're going to be able to learn from all those mistakes. And, you know, life is a bumpy ride. And at each point in time, we continue having choices to do better the next time. And there's so many things that come into play, but, you know, it's, it's not easy at all. But just having the awareness of all of this it allows you to always be making conscious decisions in your parenting. Yeah, I think that um, these reframes for me were very important. There's two more that have been really important for me. One is, uh, uh, and this is connected to seeing myself as a guide, is also rather than seeing myself as, you know, parent to child, soul to soul. And I will Mm. tell you that um, when you get into situations with your children when they get a little bit older that are really, really hard mm-hmm. um, situations where frankly, as a parent, you're scared to death for your yeah. child. Um, part of the way that I have helped to manage keeping my anxiety level down, you know, when I'm interacting with my child, I'm thinking very specifically about my daughter right now is, I step back, I take a pause, and I choose to see her as a soul mm-hmm. and to see myself as a soul. Like I, and sometimes I'll say to her, you know, Isabel, I am, I'm just this human being, and I'm trying my best here, Yeah. and you're just a human being, and you're trying your best here, and we were born to walk a path, and for whatever reason, we were 
it, it so happened that we found each other along the way, and mm-hmm. I'm your I'm your guide along this path. But I'm 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 a soul who's growing, and so are you. And yes. wow, does that change the dynamic? Yeah, and communicating that to your child is so important. You know, just and, really and think, being clear and transparent about that, like you just said. Yeah. It makes and all the difference. That, I think that doing that when they're a little older, because when they're young, that might freak them out because they think, yeah. you know, you're, their, you're God to them. And they, right. need, you know, they need you, to, they need to know that you're driving the car. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when they get, you know, when they get older, you know, if you can be vulnerable to them and they can see, wow, yeah, you know what? She is, she is a person. She's my mom, but she's, she's a human being. Yeah. And we're all just doing our best. I love that quote, we're all just walking each other home. Oh, I love that too. You know, we're just, we're all just trying to walk each other, um, you know, to, the, to our highest growth, mm-hmm. to our best self. And, um, it's, it's so beautiful, you know, but when we get caught up in, I can't be vulnerable because this is my child, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've got to always be strong. I've got to be the one here that is in charge. Um, I don't know. There's, I have found that risking that level of honesty and authenticity and vulnerability is really, um, powerful. And then finally, one more reframe is, and again, I mentioned this already is, trying to be as honest as possible as possible with yourself and with others about your struggles. And this doesn't mean complaining all of the time, but I think that our struggles as parents need not to be secret. I find it so refreshing when somebody approaches me and it's just like this parenting thing is kicking my butt. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, I think that there's a lot of shame I know that I felt I felt like I was a closeted mother for many, many years. I was so ashamed because it was so hard for me. And I had all these degrees and I had all these knowledge and it just wasn't yeah. conveying. And I I was silent about it and it created it, it really, really had a detrimental effect at every level of my being. And so Dropping the shame, dropping the guilt, asking for help when you need it, and most of all, offering help when you see another parent struggling mm-hmm. or they've been really honest with you. Uh, if you've got the strength to, to offer some help, um, both of those things are really important. So important. I mean, the vulnerability, we've seen it. You know, we've talked about it in past shows, but you, you know, we've all probably seen it in your lives. When you open up to other people about something that you do feel shame about, you notice how everyone then feels more willing to open up to you. And the same thing happens with your children. Like what Christina is saying is the transparency, the honesty, the openness that you share with your children, allow them to see that we are humans, you know, we're, we're make, we do make mistakes and we're willing to own up to those mistakes, admit to them and commit to doing better in the future. And 
you know, I've done that myself. This has been a really hard year for me personally. And I have those open conversations with my children all the time. And even after I lost my mom to cancer, you know, the grieving, I didn't want them to stuff the emotions because I saw in my own life how I stuffed things my entire life because I was seeking, you know, this outside look of perfection and didn't want to disappoint anyone or make anyone worry. And my girls have that same anxiety. I can see it built in to their genetics where, you know, they want to be people pleasers. And it's just very um, on my radar to to open that and crack that door so that they can release any emotions they're feeling rather than stuffing them and having them show up in a destructive way later. Well, um, really quickly on, on having that awareness and really parenting with presence is being a parent who's wide awake. Yeah. And a wide awake parent is a parent who actually you're, you're seeing and acknowledging in your daughter's this tendency. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, being conscious, being a conscious, conscious, present, aware parent is only um, something that you can do really, really well if you have practices in your life that create presence, like a meditation practice. And we mm-hmm. can talk about that after the break. Yes. But um, there are practices that are very practical and tangible that can help you to become more present and aware as a parent. Yeah, and that, that's a great segue right there to our break, because when we come back, I want to make this really tangible for our listeners. I want them to know a handful of practices. Maybe they all won't apply, but what are some of the practices that you have as an option to choose from so that you can stay balanced and be this parent who's living in the moment with your children and embracing the experience. So when we come back, we'll uh, dive into that information. Be back in a moment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Do you ever stop to question yourself? Is there more that you could be doing in your life to help you? How can you manifest real change in the world? The answers to these and other questions about ourselves lie in sustainability from within. Featuring host Silvelli Salviato, you can take the either or and change it into both and. If you want to make real changes in yourself, your life, and your world, you can't miss one show. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. This is Intentional Living with host Kristen Swarczyk. 
To reach the show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to kristen.swarchek at gmail.com. Now, back to Intentional Living. Welcome back, everyone. This has been such a valuable show already, and I'm so grateful, Christine, for all these golden nuggets you're sharing with us. Right before the break, we were getting into some practices. I'm, I'm really trying to make this as tangible as possible and keep it simple and allow you to be able to choose some practices to keep you grounded, to creep, keep you balanced and focused in your parenting efforts. So if you could share some of those with our listeners, I think it would be really helpful. Great. Okay, so I want to begin with a morning practice and an evening practice. And the morning practice is uh, what I call the daily service practice. And this is something that I have just recently implemented, and it works really well. So every morning before you get out of bed, you take just a few minutes, close your eyes, and you think about each of your children individually. Like, give me one of the, the name of your oldest child. Caitlin. Caitlin. So... Kristen would lay in bed and she would bring to mind an image of Caitlin and she would say, what one thing would best serve Caitlin today? Mm -hmm. And commit to doing that one thing. And then you do that with all three of your children. In my case, I do it with both of my children. And and one thing, it doesn't have to be five things. Right. It can be something really simple. It can be something very simple or it might be something really major. Yeah. And then the final question you ask yourself is, what one thing can I do to best serve myself today? Do not leave yourself out of it. And if you really, really need a kick in the butt when it comes to self-care, ask Mm -hmm. that question first. Start with you and then go through your kids. If you have um, a spouse or a partner, you also include him or her in that, too. Okay. What one thing, okay? So that's one practice. The evening practice, and I love this one. I've been doing this one for a long time. It's the end of, end of the day reflection. Mm-hmm. Again, you get into bed, close your eyes, and you ask yourself, and with regard to your parenting, what really worked today? Mm-hmm. What went well? What, um, what, what do I feel that I did really good today as a mom or as a dad? And then you move into, where did I falter? Where did I struggle? Where was I weak? And you spend a little bit of time thinking about that. But the last question, the last part of the reflection is the most important. And it is, what can I forgive? Oh, wow. In In myself as a parent today. This is, it might be the most important question you ask of yourself every day. Yeah. What can I forgive in myself? Because what parents carry with them with regard to how they think or perceive that they have failed their child is profound. And it's only when you can answer that question and let it go, what can I forgive, that you can actually enter into your sleep in Mm -hmm. a way that's that's deep and restorative. So that's an AM practice and a PM practice. I love that. Um, and, you know, some of our greatest gifts, I always say on this show, come wrapped, you know, in unusual packages. And 
you know, just being aware of that. I've seen how things that have been really my most difficult situations that I'm open with my children with and sharing that have actually helped them to grow. I mean, the, it's we grow from the hard experiences. We don't grow from experiences that are easy. There's nothing to improve upon. So, you know, just thinking about that also, I just wanted to add, contributes to allowing yourself to forgive. So yeah, and, and maybe an, another question could be, how did I learn, you know, what did I learn today? Yeah. And what did I learn from the things that I didn't do, feel I did so great with? Mm-hmm. Um, so the AM practice is about service. What one thing can I do to serve? And the PM practice is about what, it, what went really well, what didn't go so well, and what do I need to forgive in me? Okay. Um, another practice that I love, and this is something that actually just happened very organically for me before I um, married my children's father, I was, my, my meditation practice was much, much deeper and more active back then, but one of the meditations that I would do is, it was a guided meditation, or it was a visual meditation where I would imagine, again, myself with one of the two children, mm-hmm. and the question was, in what way am I here to serve this child spiritually? And mm-hmm. just really, really focusing on the soul of that child. Mm-hmm. And if you meditate long enough with that question, and by this I don't mean in terms of hours, right. but if you carry that question into meditation focused on one child, um, the answers will come to you. And this, these yeah. answers go beyond, way beyond their physical necessities. Like, you know, I need to serve her by getting her a new winter coat. We're mm-hmm. talking about, we're talking about issues of the soul. The soul, right. And, and how you can, can best serve them. So a third practice that I love is what I call dump out journaling and, um, again, it's nothing to be ashamed of, but as parents, we get angry, sometimes enraged, we get frustrated, we get irritated. There are times as parents when we really don't like our kids. Mm-hmm. There are moments we don't like them, and there are phases where we do not like them. Yeah. And having a place where you can dump mm-hmm. all of that, is really important so that you can show up for them as clear as possible. And getting a journal and writing in very, very honest ways about how you're feeling about your child, how you're feeling about a particular situation that's going on. I mean, my dump-out journal with regard to my children isn't something that I want others to see. It's sort of like a garbage yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I love this idea. And, you know, for those of you out there who may think, you know, journaling is not really going to add value, I want to encourage you to let go of that thought and just try it, especially now we're in January. This is the time where we create change. And And one thing about journaling that I learned is you know, the first two pages might be superficial information, but when you get to the third or the fourth page of your journaling, that's where the juicy stuff comes out. It's almost like meditation. As you get into the flow and into the zone, 
you'll start seeing some insights on paper that you don't even know where they came from, but they're really helping to enlighten you as far as what you need to do. And then you always have that record to kind of look back on to see how your children are changing over time or repeated patterns. So there's so many reasons why journaling can be helpful. Such a great idea. Yeah, and, so, and the journaling doesn't even have to be necessarily in complete sentences. It can Mm-mm. be just a, a rant. It could be, sometimes I would just get, you know, my pen and I would write words on the page, like all over the page and not even in straight lines, just yeah, sort of just like throwing up into the journal yeah. um, everything I feel I felt I need to release. And, and another good journal activity activity when it comes to parenting is to simply write at the top of a page, I am afraid of, or I am afraid that, mm-hmm. and, and just write, I am afraid that my child doesn't like me. I am afraid that she is going to ruin her life. I am afraid that... She is never going to get a job. I am afraid that, and just go, because in my own experience, I've learned that underneath any anger, rage, frustration, irritation, pain is always fear. Yeah. Yeah. When you are scared, as, when you are angry as a parent, if you stop yourself and you ask, they ask this question, what am I afraid of right now? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because that anger will drop away in a, yeah. immediately, and you go right to the fear. And so sometimes you just need to find, have a place. I fear, I fear, I fear, I fear, and just complete the sentence. Yeah, and it's a great way for you know leaning into the emotions is so important. And sometimes you know we may think it just involves crying or doing something like that, but journaling is another form of just letting, like Christine said, the fear out, all these emotions out, putting them on paper is actually releasing them, so you're not holding them inside, and then submerging, like we always talk about on the show, this beach ball underwater for it to pop up later in some destructive way. So another reason why this is going to be helpful in in this pursuit. Um, Kristen, I think one of the most important practices that I have that I have to put, and they're practices because we have, we their practice. I mean, none of us are mastering. No. But is this, and I, I mean, again, if this would be like the second major takeaway here is, it comes from the four agreements. Take nothing personally, especially when it comes to your kids. Wow. Yeah. That, that is, is for sure. Just, like, that is the kiss of death. And it's so hard because we love them so much and we mm-hmm. want their love. And wow, they can hurt us. Yeah. And so much of the hurt that we feel coming from them has nothing to do with who we are. In fact, uh, someone told me a long time ago, you know, if your child is mean to you, if your child is ranting at you, if the child is, you know, you're sort of your child's punching bag, it means that they feel comfortable enough to let go with you. Yeah. It doesn't always feel good. And there has to be some boundaries around it, but... I think that lesson, take nothing personally, especially when it comes to your kids, is an act of growing up. Yeah. Because when my child is, you know, acting in a crappy way towards me, my first inclination is to turn 
to their age, 10 or 15 or whatever it is, and go right back at them. And wow, again, when you take that moment and you shift and you say, I'm not taking this personally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And and to know that there's always a deeper place, like, you know, that it's coming from, you're seeing it show up on one level, but there's something within them that's most likely fear that's causing this to, to be a symptom of that, you know, and then that alone allows us, I think, to be more open to the behavior that we're seeing because I've, you know, I've got three kids and I feel like my middle one is always going through the abrasiveness of the two extroverts, the, the first and the third, and she's an introvert. And, you know, it's just always a situation for me. And I've really learned so much by really just getting in touch with her soul and the beauty of her soul. And when it shows up in the ugliest of ways, those things that are showing up so ugly now are actually her gifts that are going to show up so beautifully later if you nurture them. But it's just, you know, the awareness of all of that that allows you to see it. And yeah, it's not and again, it, it goes back to the whole theme of this show, which is parenting with presence. And yeah. you have to have some sort of um, practices happening for you as a parent in order for you to stay that kind of aware and yes. conscious and present. I mean, many people who are asleep in their parenting um, who don't have the awareness would just view your your second child's behavior as being very difficult. Oh, yeah. And, oh, we, we need to fix her, and right. we need to stop this, and if only we could, you know, get her to act differently, we would all be happy and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. um, you're able to see, see past that. I guess the, the thing that I would end with is this, this, idea it's no it's not an idea it's actually a fact and and that is is that your parenting is your children's launching pad Mm -hmm. um and again going back to what is what is your work as a parent your your work is to launch your child into the world and you do it through love and you do it through protection and you do it through teaching and again you do it through recognizing and growing your gifts yeah and um and that's that's the that's the path. The path of parenting is you've got these souls, you know, that you're you're journeying with to a certain point until you launch them into their lives. And um, that's why, you know, for me to think about it as anything other than a sacred and spiritual journey um, would cause me a great deal of of suffering. <laughs> Yeah, and, and just ro- and rob me of the joy of it of parenting. Yeah, and and we only have a minute or so, so I want to allow Christine to share some information about some upcoming things she has, but I also want to encourage all of you out there that are listening to the show to follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm going to post some some information as far as um, some some tips from today's show. So be on the lookout for that, and you'll be able to contact Christine or I for any additional information. So, Christine, just give our listeners a, a little, you know, bit of information around what's going on with you right now. Well, if anyone wants to contact me directly about issues related to um, parenting, as we're talking about it as a spiritual journey or relationships in general for that matter, the best place to contact me would be 
um, through Facebook because I do so much of my work there and so much uh, promoting of the things that I'm doing. Um, and you can find me at Christine E. Kaisinger on Facebook. And Kristen, if, if you're posting about this later and you mm-hmm. just sort of tag, tag me, you. people will know where to find me. Yep. Um, and that's the best place to find me. Um, this work that I'm talking about today um, really does come from a larger body of work called Parenting from the Mass. And um, I'm so happy that we got to talk, and I also realized that we have only touched the tip of the iceberg yes. in terms of this, this content. Yes, no, and I just want to thank everyone. This is my last radio show, so... I am going to miss having this forum to talk to you every week. And if anyone's listening and and happens to know someone that might be interested in being a corporate sponsor, please let me know because I'd love to stay on the air. But as it stands right now, this is my last one. So I hope this has been of value to you. And it's been a great time being on the air with you. So thank you, everyone. And I'll follow up with those details. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Kristen Swarczyk and Intentional Living. Please be sure to tune in again next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until next week's show, continue to live on purpose.